Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the campfire. Welcome back. My name is Tony. My name is Peggy. And it is a sincere pleasure to be here with you. Uh, We reached a wee milestone in the podcast. We did. We are beyond number 10. Yeah. Some studies said if a podcast goes beyond 10 episodes, that it's more likely to stick around so we're gonna make it after all (laughs) and now the singing campfire (laughs) so we are on officially episode number lucky 11 yes that's the deal to help celebrate (laughs) (laughs) great yeah (laughs) this is how we're gonna celebrate we are going to talk a little bit about rv toilet paper RV toilet paper. So we're not going to talk about the number 11, and we're not going to no. talk about the number 10. We're, we're going to talk about the number, uh, uh, not two, <laughs> the number three. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. Either whether you go number one or you go number two, remember the number three. That's okay. how many sheets of paper you should have at any given time wadded up to make a... To make a blob that's going to go down into your tank. Wow. So three sheets to the wind is an easy way to remember that. Three sheets. That's right. So Peggy actually wrote an article about RV toilet paper. And uh, one of the things, you look on those forums and all all the great social media time wasters and there is a lot of discussion of toilet paper. A lot of discussion. A lot of people say you have to use RV, special RV expensive toilet paper. A lot of people say you have to use septic safe toilet paper. A lot of people say only use single ply, only use this, only use that. I am really happy to report that. Wait, you know where they can find the result? stresslesscamping.com yeah so go visit stresslesscamping.com you will be flushed with excitement (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) you're such a turd (laughs) (laughs) well that is three sheets right i'm not the first i'm the second or the second wow boy this is gone first we're singing then we're all right yeah is anybody left Oh, I, I think people are like, oh my God, these people are nuts. And actually, and they're right. They're right. You're right. If you think we're crazy, we are. Yep. So, um, but what's not crazy is RV refrigeration. That is not crazy. No. That is very important. I think most of us have, if you have an RV, there's a high likelihood you have a RV specific refrigerator. Obviously, there are some that have residential fridges, but. RV specific refrigeration and for many years those things have been giving RVers headaches. Indeed. We were lucky enough to uh, hook up with Roger and Annalee Ford who have been called the RV owner's advocate and have been developing DIY videos on minor RV refrigerator diagnoses and repair. Yeah and they actually have a place called the Ford's RV Refrigeration Training Center in Benton, Kentucky. Benton. Benton, Kentucky. And so without any further ado, other than this brief commercial break, we're going to 
Let's go talk to the Fords. Let's go talk to the Fords. They really cool information. If you have Pun a alert. absolutely. If you have a RV refrigeration question, you may hear it the answer in this next segment. And if you don't hear it, you'll find out where to go ask your questions. Yeah, so sit back and chill. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Put your walking plans on ice. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. I'll stop now. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries, breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. (laughs) I would like to welcome on the podcast Roger and Anna Lee Ford, who have been called the RV Owner's Advocate and have been developing do-it-yourself videos on minor RV refrigerator diagnoses and repair. They own Ford's RV Refrigeration Training Center in Benton, Kentucky. Roger and Anna Lee, welcome. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad to be here. Well, it's a pleasure. You've been working in the RV refrigeration industry since 1978. I've watched some of the videos, and by the way, we'll have a link to your website and to the videos on stresslesscamping.com. You have developed some of the techniques for actually repairing fridges where they didn't exist in the past. Correct. Necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, yes, he is. I didn't <laughs> see him for, for years. <laughs> but in the in the you know early eighties and late seventies, when I would talk to people in the RV industry about repairing the RV refrigerator, um, and this was before computers, so everything was done. Um, it was it was leg work or on the phone, and everybody I talked to just said they couldn't be fixed. They just throw it away and buy a new one. Being a mechanic all my life. Uh, and in the refrigeration industry since 1978, I just did not uh, believe this. And after years of R&D, uh, developed the procedures, the tools needed, the, the formulas for the refrigerator, everything. Wow. And, and basically, you guys, what you do is RV refrigerators, and that's your focus. That is the only thing we service. That has always been our primary focus through the years. Uh, and uh, many of those years, the RV refrigerator, like now, the RV refrigerator is the only thing we service and train on. Wow. wow. And and so we'll get to the training, too, but it wasn't just a matter of using existing tools and technology to repair these RV fridges. You've actually developed the tools, the manuals, videos, and, and all of that. What is that process like? Uh, <laughs> exhausting. It's <laughs> <laughs> fun. It's fun, too. We have a lot of fun, especially making the videos. The, in the beginning, I mean, it was actually because there wasn't anybody to talk to, no videos to watch, no manual to read. 
it was just absolutely nothing. So it was, I learned by making mistakes. Uh, And I made a lot of them, but I learned, okay, that doesn't work, and I proved that. (laughs) So let's find something that does work. (laughs) Uh, It was very time-consuming. It took me, um, you know, two and a half years to really develop everything. And and I'm going to say before I was really um, good at what I did, it it was about five years. Um, It was a lot to learn. Wow. And RV refrigerators are not necessarily designed to be repaired. I would imagine it's like so many things nowadays. The idea is, well, if there's even a little problem, you you take it, you throw it in the landfill, and start over. Unfortunately, you know, the RV refrigerator, it's all about education. It's easy when you know how. The problem is there aren't, in the RV industry, there just seems to be a lack of education on the RV refrigerator, and there's a lot of myths and things that have been passed on. The technicians of... Now, there's some good techs out there, but there are some that have been told, given the wrong information, and so when they're diagnosing, they're using that wrong information and passing it on to the customer. And the customer has faith in their technician. And, you know, it's not that the technician is deliberately trying to mislead them. It's just they don't have proper education. As people <laughs> who've listened to the podcast regularly will, will tell you, I came out of the RV industry. I handled warranties at an RV dealership and sales. And the amount of information that our techs were able to get from the refrigerator manufacturers was pretty slim. There's not... Right. Up until I found your school, I was not aware of any good resource for information for diagnosing and repairing these fridges. And they do have a good number of issues. Not all of them, of course, but but enough that it would be great if techs knew about your school. And that's part two. You've developed these tools, these techniques, and you have a school where you will train RV techs. Correct. We've had master certified RV master certified technicians who have come for our training and said, uh, one in particular said, um, I knew all the wrong things and all the people who taught me knew those same wrong things and said, I can't believe how much I learned about the refrigerator. I didn't know there was that much to know. Wow. And so what type of classes do you have? And I assume they're there in Benton, Kentucky. Yes, our classes are all focused here at uh, our location. Um, We have different courses um, for the RV owner or even technicians. We have um, 105A and 105B, and both of those can be seen at our website. Um, If they go to our website and click on the RV refrigerator training tab, a drop-down box will open, and there they'll find RV owners, just the basics. Now, this is just the minor stuff that that RV uh, owners, technicians can do themselves. It's not the cooling unit, but it's everything else. It's proper diagnosis and being able to do the repairs, knowing the right questions to ask. 
And then we also have, uh, for those who want to go into business or want to supplement their income or add to an existing business, we have R101, R103, and R104. Those are our certification classes, and that's reconditioning the cooling unit, knowing everything about the refrigerator. Our, uh, the R104 is a master certification. We also go into um, how to run the business how to do bookkeeping, how to uh, do graphics to create business cards and letterheads and things for websites, how to build a website. All of that is included in 104. So anyone who's just starting out, we get them prepared to leave here, go home, get set up, and start their business. I can tell you, well, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, but the audience <laughs> should know there is a real mm -hmm. shortage of RV techs in all fields, but uh, including yeah. refrigeration. And if you know of a young person who's who can even figure out which end of the screwdriver to hold, uh, this is a terrific field. It's a growing field. There's tremendous demand. And I think the biggest problem that that person would encounter is having to turn away customers because they'll have more customers than they'll have time to deal with them. Yeah. Yes, that's very true. And we also... Um, are affiliated now with Veterans Education. So veterans can use their GI Bill if they qualify for training, and oh, that includes great. getting the customized tools, the manuals, the whole, everything we offer, they get all of that in one package. Wow, wow this, is a, this is a terrific, somebody coming out of the military, uh, you know, serv serving our country, and then they get out and they learn a skill that's going to do them, I mean, the, the pay is great in this industry, and there is no shortage of work, so that's fantastic. No. So, And the great thing is, when they come out, uh, and the, when we first started this, the Veterans Administration people were so excited because they said, we don't have anything like this to offer them. Everything we have, there's millions of people already doing it. This is something that's unique. It's in demand. So when they get out, and, and they can learn it in three weeks maximum. Wow. Uh, yeah. that's, that's our master certification. So they spend three weeks instead of four years. They've got a career. They've got something that's unique in demand across the United States. It's a win-win for everyone. They're helping the RV owner. They're helping themselves. It's fantastic for those with PTSD because they can work at their own pace. They can schedule what fits their lifestyle. And so they, it's perfect and, for veterans. And they can uh, probably have these tools and drive around and do this on the road? Can they do that from... Yeah, this can be mobile. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have some who are doing it mobile that we've trained. Well, and I can see because, as I said, having seen the business from a dealer's eyes, or at least from a dealership standpoint, um, they, I would imagine not only will they find customers as retail customers, you know, people who have RVs who are having issues, but I bet dealers would even uh, hire these people on or at least consult with them. Right. So I, I can imagine that, boy, that kind of certification and training could be a goldmine for somebody. Yes, there there is the demand. And I'd like to share that, you know, a lot of the people that we have trained are RV owners. And basically, they tried to find somebody to service their refrigerator, and they were unsuccessful, spent a lot of money, spent a lot of time. They got on the Internet, they found us. So the husband and wife talked, and they said, you know, there's a need for this in our area. So they've come and taken our training. Now, a lot of them just wanted to do this on a part-time basis. And 
we promote them when they come and take our training. And it's often that within a couple of years, they call us back and they say, don't, don't recommend anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a part-time thing, you know. I'm working too hard. <laughs> and uh, we're overwhelmed, so don't recommend anybody else to us. So there is the demand. Once the, you know, if you take care of the customer, they will spread the word. And that's, that's what it's all about, treating them fair and honest and giving them a good service. And what type of background would somebody need or have to really take most advantage of the education you offer? Well, we have trained people from um, many different fields. So you don't need any experience. I mean, it's good to have the, um, you know, common hand tools, and if you know how to use those, I mean, if you can follow direction, read a meter, um, we, can tr- we can train you how to successfully service the RV refrigerator. So you really, as long as you can figure out which end of the screwdriver to hold, you really can show somebody the ins and outs of the RV fridge. That's what I was going to well, say. Well, if they don't, we'll show them how. <laughs> <laughs> we have found the people who know nothing about the refrigerator are the best students because they don't have any misconceptions right. and myths and remedies in their mind that we right. have to change. So there's, there's no qualification really necessary. We've even had a gentleman here that couldn't read. Oh. He aced his test, and mm-hmm. we did it verbally. I wrote down what he said. That's, and he got 100%. Wow. That's fantastic. So. Wow. And so um, now as a consumer, as somebody who has an RV, and a lot of our listeners are those people, uh, what kind of benefits would somebody have to – well, first they'd get a visit Benton, Kentucky, and I've heard it's beautiful there. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And I think – We're just minutes away from Kentucky Lake. Kentucky Lake's 165 miles long, so there's lots of wilderness, um, lots of things to see. Wow, that's, that's impressive. So you could go maybe get some fishing in and get an education. And what kind of benefit would an RV owner have from taking the class? What are you going to, uh, I guess, save money would be the first thing. Yes, for the RV owner, if they just want to come and take those classes specifically designed for them, that's what they're going to do. They are going to save money. The cost for the training is about the cost of one service. Um, The other thing is that even if they don't want to do the work themselves, at least they're going to learn the right questions to ask. So if they're at the RV service center and they say that they need this, they, they are, they're able to ask the right questions. Well, why? You know, what makes you say that? Did you do this test, you know, and, and what did you find out? And that will help them save money also, even if they're not a do-it-yourselfer. Oh, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. And then if somebody wants just to come and have you look at their refrigerator, I believe you have uh, facilities for overnighting and such. Yes, we have a few sites here. We're not a campground, but we do have sites here where we can supply you with electrical and water and Wi-Fi so you can stay as we're servicing the RV refrigerator. That way it saves the customer money. There's a small fee for that, um, and if you're a veteran, then there's no charge. That's something that we like to do for our veterans. You guys are a great resource for people who have served this country, so thank you. Yes. 
Well, it's we're very thankful for them, all of them. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for all of them. Yep. Amen. That's for sure. And so what type of complaints are you hearing from people generally with their refrigerators? Through all the years, the most common complaint is that the freezer is freezing, but the refrigerator compartment is not adequate temperature. And we have had so many, uh, literally thousands through the years, that have come here with that complaint, said that they've been to another service center, and they were told throw it away and buy a new one. And over 95% of those we were able to fix for a much more economical uh, price than replacing the unit. And I'm sad to say that a lot of those units that we've been able to repair for about $100. Wow. It was something just very minor. $36,000. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you have a customer that says that it's doing it on electric and gas, those are the most common people that we hear. They say throw it away and buy a new one. But there are so many other things that can cause that. Um, ventilation, a wrong wattage on a heat element. And most of the time, often what we find is that it's not just one problem. There's a problem on the electric mm -hmm. side, and there's a problem in the LP mode. So it's a combination of things. But once those are fixed for an economical price, you got a good working refrigerator. Oh, that's fantastic. So are there things that people can do to extend the life of their RV refrigerators? Yes. One of the most common myths out there is that you got to let the refrigerator run 24-7. Just let it run all the time. And everything has a lifespan, including the refrigerator. So when it's sitting there running and it's in storage, you're just using up that lifespan. There's nothing wrong with turning the refrigerator off. If you're going to leave the refrigerator off for a long period of time, I like for it to be started up either on either mode and let it run for approximately one hour about every three months. What that does is circulate the chemical, the rust inhibitor through the system, let it run for that one hour, shut it off, and it's good for another three months. And in our RV, when we shut the refrigerator off, we leave the doors open. Yeah, that... Well, most, right. or at least a lot of those refrigerators seem to come with a little plastic goodie that kind of props yeah. the door open some. Mm -hmm. Ours did not, so I always put a, a like an empty water bottle in the door or something like that. Uh -huh. And another thing that they can do, um, you know, depending on how much you use the RV, like full-timers, we have full-time people that have come here through the years, and they're here every year to get it serviced to make sure everything is, is working good for them. If you're using the refrigerator every day, I highly recommend that. You know, if you're just camping once in a while, then maybe you can go a couple of years. But it is a good idea to have somebody do some maintenance and service on it. it it's, you know, it's going to be for a minimal cost, um, and it will benefit them. And you need to have someone who knows what maintenance to do. Right. So you said rust inhibitor. So when you turn that, uh, when you turn the refrigerator on for an hour every few months, the chemical that's actually cooling is also a rust inhibitor, or is it a separate part of the refrigerator? Well, no, there is uh, five different chemicals in the charge, and one of those chemicals is a rust inhibitor because. Another uh, chemical used is water, and water, and it's a steel cooling unit, so there is a corrosion. 
but mm-hmm. with that rust inhibitor in there, it keeps it to a, a minimal. Um, I have cut open thousands of RV refrigerator cooling units, and there's really not a rust buildup or anything as long as that is circulated through the system periodically. Great. And, and I would like to say this. As far as maintenance and things like that, a lot of the people have contacted us and said that they have rust on the outside of their cooling unit where they can raise up the excess panel on the side of the RV and see the cooling unit. That rust is just surface rust. I've, in all my years, never seen a leak caused from that surface rust. It doesn't hurt the integrity of the metal. It's a heavier gauge metal. That's not what's going to cause a problem. So if you see rust on the cooling unit on the outside, you know, it's, it's not that big a concern. That's good. It's when you see the yellow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then some people put bug screens over the vents in their fridge. Is that yes. a good idea? That's an excellent idea. Because wasps, dirt daubers, uh, dirt daubers, spiders, they can cause you a, a lot of issues, not only with the refrigerator, but water heaters, furnaces, etc. So, yes, the screens are an excellent idea. But some people worry that if you put the screen, then it inhibits the, the airflow. You know, there is some restriction, but not enough to cause you any problems. It will benefit you much more than hinder you. That's good to hear. All right, and then my favorite question <laughs> that I saved for last. Should you drive with your RV refrigerator running on propane? Okay. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, I have been servicing the RV RVs for 36 years, and I'm a backpacker. I never owned an RV until this year. Wow. Wow. Hey, I see you're packing for our next road trip. Oh, yeah. These are all the ingredients for making different grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub stick. Great. But uh, where are the clothes? I got all kinds of inspiration for making grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub sticks over the campfire. There are 11 kinds of cheese and bacon, bacon jam, ham, five kinds of bread. Wait, okay. That's all for making grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah. I know the grub stick is a perfect campfire accessory made of quality parts that work together for sandwiches, hot dogs, s'mores, woofums, and all sorts of other great meals. But isn't this a bit too much variety? Camping is supposed to be simple. Oh, it's simple to use your grub stick over the campfire or even on the barbecue to make great meals. And even kids can use them safely and easily. Plus, with the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS, you get 15% off your grub sticks. It's the best deal around. Yeah, but it's going to take us weeks to eat that many grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Weeks of grilled cheese. You say that like it's a bad thing. And you haven't even seen what I packed for breakfast and dinners. We are going to be camping for months. My husband is insane. But Grubstick is the perfect cooking accessory for any campfire. And you can get 15% off using the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS from our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. You know, what I'm going to do is give you what I have heard from our customers in the last 36 years. And most of them tell us, that they do run them going down the road. Uh, there are some areas I've heard that, you know, it is prohibited uh, uh, by state or maybe by county. So those are things that people need to be cautious of. And also just common sense that if you're 
running on LP and you stop in to get fuel for the RV, if that, if you're filling up anywhere near that refrigerator, then it is best to shut it off before you go in and fuel up. I mean, you just got to use some common sense. So the statistics really I can give you on that is what the customers have shared with me through the years, and most of them say that they do it. Okay. okay. So my my concern has always been not only the the LP running, but the fact that your refrigerator is supposed to be level, and if you're driving, your refrigerator is not necessarily going to stay level. So I always wondered if if... The problem with leaving your refrigerator on while driving was that the chemicals in the refrigerator unit itself were going to have a problem flowing like they're supposed to flow when it's level. Right, and that's a great question. And the truth is, they're going to run their best going down the road. Because there's no compressor in these units. Everything is gravity-fed. So going down the road level, unlevel, the chemical moving around, it helps it circulate through that system. The problem is, is if you've got it running and you are unlevel and you leave it that way for a, a period, that that can cause you problems. You do want to make sure it's level, but you really don't have to be too concerned driving down the road. Um, in the beginning years, now this is on the old style units, there's very, been very a little change in the RV cooling unit or the refrigerator cooling unit through the years. But one of the things that they did do is they made the boiler larger. Since they've done that 20 years ago, approximately, um, that has really benefited. Um, they don't have to be as level. And, and still, again, it needs to be level. You need to put a pocket leveler in the freezer compartment. Yeah, let's not go around bottom. telling people they don't have to level. <laughs> yeah, and make sure it's level front to back and side to side. But it's not the issue that it used to be running on level and going down the road. You don't have to be concerned with that. It's when it's going to run its best. Great. Thank you. Because wow. I was always concerned that, you know, what I understand is that if it's not level and the chemicals pool up in one place and then those are like toxic fumes and I always thought oh what if we run it and then we walk in after a trip and die (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's there's no toxic fumes none (laughs) now chemicals used in the charge are environmentally friendly okay they're they're more friendly than a house refrigerator huh Huh. yeah and it's simpler basically in, in some respects there's as as they said, no moving parts. Okay, so instead of putting a exactly. residential in our RV, let's put an RV unit in our house. <laughs> oh, wait, this house, I'm ready to no, this house isn't level. Never mind. <laughs> well, they used to use those uh, gas absorption fridges in the house. Yeah. And they in those days, they used ammonia, right? And when there was a leak, it was a big problem. Right. You know, if there is a... That's kind of an early warning sign that you've got a leak if you smell ammonia, but you just need to let the, you know, you don't want to, like any chemical, if it's, if you're enclosed in a room or in a house with it, it, I don't care what the chemical is, if it's replacing oxygen, you're in trouble. So you want to, you know, have ventilation if there is a leak condition. But um, absorption refrigeration was the first refrigeration ever developed back in, if I remember right, 1844 by Michael Faraday. 
Huh. And being in college, getting the engineering and things with refrigeration, that's where I learned that. And if I remember right, that's the way it was. So it's been around forever. still used not only in the RV refrigerators, but it's used in mostly industrial because it's so economical. It's oh. also used by um, preppers, people off the grid, and oh. Amish communities. Yeah. Correct. Huh. Interesting. Well, it's... Uh it's good to know we are we are a little bit cooler now as <laughs> that we're having talked to you. <laughs> we, we also want to um, extend uh, an invitation to your listeners. Um, any of your listeners who uh, schedule an appointment with us, we will give them a free inspection on their RV refrigerator, and it'll take less than an hour. Oh, oh that's, that's great. gracious of you. Thank you very, very much. Roger and Annalie, it has been a real pleasure talking to you. I can't recommend more highly that someone come and check out your school. And gosh, if you're if you're getting out of the military or you're a young person looking for a career, boy, go see Roger and Annalie because it. I just guarantee you're gonna you're gonna have a solid career that'll yeah, do you well for a, a solid lifetime. career and potentially. I mean, you can go where you want to go. Go, yeah. be, go be stable somewhere or go be mobile and, and always have work. Yeah, if you've got Wanderlust, uh, you could basically get a van, put RV refrigeration repair on it, and travel the country and, and just you'll do well and, yeah. and do good all at the same time. You can't beat it. And that's a lot of the people that the RV owners that we have trained, the control repair, they said they wanted to know how to repair their own to save money. And they said, I might even make a few bucks as I'm traveling around. Right. If somebody's got a problem, I can stop and help them and make a few dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, a win-win for everybody. Exactly. And, and you're keeping people cool and their, their food cool at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. right. And we're also keeping these out of our landfills. Oh, and that's, oh, that's right. such that's, a big benefit. Yeah. Because these things don't deteriorate quickly. Right. No, and, and it takes a lot of space. So, yeah, it's I, I know one of the one of the refrigerators we had to replace under warranty at the dealership. We literally had to take the slide out of a RV because they put this stuff in before the oh. RV is finished and they don't yep. fit through all the doors. So yep. the easiest way for <laughs> that us to customer do it. would have really benefited from a trip to Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that whatever was wrong, you guys could have fixed up lickety split and wouldn't have had to take the slide out of their RV. That's probably true. You know, I can't say we fix absolutely 100%, but I can confidently say that we repair over 95% of the refrigerators that somebody else was, they've already, the customer had already been told to throw it away and buy a new one. Wow. That is, that is good to know. Well, again, on our website, there'll be links to the RV refrigeration school. Roger and Anna Lee, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for providing this opportunity for people. It's it's fantastic. This is great. Great stuff. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys, and what you're doing is fantastic because right. RV owners need stressless camping. <laughs> they need to go have fun, and what you offer to them is amazing, and we're honored to be a part of what you're doing, so thank you so much for including us. Oh, it's yes. been our pleasure. Wasn't that cool? Oh, I think I already think used, you already that. used oh, that one. Doggone it. <laughs> Man. Oh, well. So, say la vie. 
All right, we're going to go on a wee road trip now, and we're going to go to a little Danish town called Solvang. Solvang, California. Yeah, Central California. uh, A very cool Danish town. I guess a lot of Danes must have settled there. I guess. Not just the mediocre ones, but the great Danes. The great Danes, Danes too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I guess the, pun, the puns are not going to end this No, this no. Session. This is an extra punny episode. And uh, so we we like this place. We've gone a number of times, and there's a few things that uh, if you want to go to Solvang, a few kind of highlights that we have. Right. There was a movie Sideways from, I don't know, I think the late 90s. Somewhere around in there, I guess. And it was about Solvang and Buellton and all that whole area there. And a lot of people really seem to want to chase the places that they went to in that movie. Right. So, so it was about wine tasting, basically. Yeah. So one of the things to do there is to chase the sideways wine trail. And there's a whole website about that and all that. So we'll put a link to that. And if you have seen that movie or if you're planning to be in Central California and want to go see Solvang... You might check that out and maybe chase... Do a little bit of wine tasting. Yeah, chase the places they went. Yeah. But another place to go, one of my favorite places to go, is Pea Soup Anderson's. Yeah, you have to go to Pea Soup Anderson's. That's in Buellton, right next to Solvang. Yeah. And it's um, a restaurant and a store. And, of course, they specialize in pea soup, but they also have a great menu. Yeah. And one of the things that you don't want to miss when you go to Pea Soup Anderson's is the cheese. Yeah. What is it about that? So it's like ch- cheese spread. Yeah. And every time we travel, there are two Pea Soup Anderson's in California. And I guess they've been there since the 20s. They're now owned by other people. They're not owned by the Anderson family, to my knowledge. But they have this crock of cheese you can buy. And every time we go buy it... Peggy and I... We have to sample. They have a sample, so you get to sample the cheese, but it's not good enough to sample. No matter what, we have to buy a crock of cheese. Yeah, you need to buy a crock of that cheese. And and then there's also like really hard toasty bread you can buy. (laughs) And we often buy that, but we inevitably buy the cheese. And I also probably have like three or four samples, even though you're not supposed to. You know, you're supposed (laughs) to kind of limit yourself to one. Yeah, no. No, not one and done. I'm... I'm I'm all about the cheese. But if you're at all into pea soup, this is a great place to go. They have like the unlimited bowl of soup. And when you get to the bottom of the soup, what yeah. do you see, Tony? Happy and peewee. That's right. Happy and peewee. Yeah. And Those there's are the, 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 the mascots. mascots of the and restaurant. And outside there's a, a like one of those head hole things where you right. stick your head in and you could and either be picture. happy or peewee. Yeah. And poor peewee. Man, he has just been hit <laughs> by that hammer so many times by Happy. He's when, always the one holding the the wedge that gets hit by Happy. Yeah, when they're doing the split P. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So at the bottom of their bowls are Happy and Pee Wee, and I have been going to Pea Soup Andersons since I was a Pee Wee. <laughs> yeah, I was Pee Wee. <laughs> So anyway, (laughs) there you go. So in California, there are 21 missions and they were the missions. Apparently, they're one day's walk apart from each other, something like that. I think that's it. Yeah. They go all the way from the Mexican border up to this might be one of the more northern 
missions. I so, think they go all the way at least to San Francisco. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's why it's called San Francisco. Uh, Saint probably Francis. Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> you it's learned probably something a mission today. site. Yeah. So this has the mission Santa Inez, and so uh, so that's, if you're interested in more more about missions than what you learned in fifth grade when you made one out of a box of cereal or a sugar cubes yeah, or sugar toothpicks cubes. or something like that. This is a place to go and check it out and find out more about missions. When we were just uh, tots in fifth grade, we, uh, like every other California kid, had to make a mission. Yep. So there we go. We were on a mission. We're on a mission and to we're make a wishing. mission. So we had some wine. Yeah. We had some cheese. Mm-hmm. We had some soup. Oh, yeah. What are we going to have for dessert? Well, I, okay, so just a little bit more about Solvang. It is, it's all this Danish architecture, and of course, there's windmills and shops and stores. And one of my favorite stores is oh, the... Oh, <laughs> yes. The As Seen on TV store. And it's all the cheesy, ridiculous stuff that you see on late night TV shows where it's like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> and all that crazy stuff. All that stuff you think you can only get on TV, nope. you can get it in this store. Yeah, you can go to the As Seen on TV store. Yep. So you have to go to the Danish village and you know ignore all the cool Danish stuff and go to the And yeah, don't buy wooden shoes or cuckoo clocks. Yeah. Oh, no, you no. Know, buy stuff that you can yeah, right? see on late night Speaking TV. Speaking of wooden shoes, you reminded me. When I was just a little tyke, probably building a mission... <laughs> um, my family drove we used to drive all over California in our Volkswagen Squareback station wagon one of the places we went is Solvang and the reason I remember that is my sister there's a picture of her in this big, yeah, wooden, big wooden shoe, shoe. out in <laughs> front right. of the shoe store that big wooden shoe is still there today and there's a picture of our niece Sarah out in front of that shoe yeah. store with her foot in the shoe so take your little sister and put her in the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure she's 37 but <laughs> yeah, she might get upset yeah I don't know. right <laughs> so anyway but as you were alluding to yeah so dessert. i think it's about time for dessert mm. abel skeever abel skeever there are all kinds of danish pastries at, in solving yeah there's i mean oh, there's cookies i only and remember cakes. that one that's the one to have <laughs> an abel skeever when we had the bed and breakfast, we used to make Abel Skeever. They are crack balls, we'd call them. That's what we called them. We were addicted. Yeah. And they're little, I don't know, they're they're like donut holes. They look like donut holes, kind but of, they're yeah. a whole different... Con- <laughs> a whole different... A whole con- different thing con- like a hole. <laughs> <laughs> they're a whole different consistency. Right. They're, and more, they're, they're kind of more bread-like. Yeah. And so we even will put a video that we made when we had the Featherbed Railroad of how to make Abel Skeever. Yeah. And it's one of the few occurrences of a unitasker in the kitchen that I am okay with. Oh, the Abel Skeever pan. The Abel Skeever pan. You do need a special pan to make them. Yeah, and I can't so. think what else you would do with that pan. I always used to think it was for eggs when I was a kid, not realizing. Maybe you could cook some meatballs. Yeah, you probably <laughs> could, but no, they're for Abel Skeever. And Abel Skeever... So you can put stuff on top. You can squirt filling into them like little jelly donuts. Or we used to put Nutella in them. Mm -mm. Yeah. Oh, God. It was so good. There's a reason that we are not (laughs) 
on the cover of Fitness Magazine. But we know how to make Able That's Skeeter. right, we do. So there you go. That's pretty much a trip to solving. And you'll get to see, you'll get to learn how to make Able Skeever yourself. That's right. Just check out our video. Yeah. And uh, we'll have some pictures of Solvang too. And hopefully you learned something in the RV refrigeration segment. Yeah. And just all of that. So, well, we appreciate your being here. As usual, you can find us on all the usual social media time wasters. Yep. And we have a Facebook group, as we've mentioned, where you can That's come right. and ask questions and we have some pretty cool people who answer them. And, we do. And we answer them too. <laughs> <laughs> cool people and us. Yeah, and us. <laughs> so, well, thank you as always for listening. As, as I say, our numbers are growing and that's because of you. So We appreciate that. Very much so. Until next time, we have another great interview next week. We've that's already right. recorded it. It's, it's kind of cool. So uh, hopefully you'll come Not back and cool join us. Not as cool as refrigeration though. No. So you'll just have to chill until next week. Uh-huh. I'm gonna oh, I'm reusing the puns. Well that's because they're stored at the proper food temperature. Oh, there you go. You see, they're food. recyclable. Pun safety. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Practice proper pun refrigeration. <laughs> Hey, one more thing uh, over on the Facebook group. If you notice a difference in the sound quality or a little difference in this week's podcast, let us know. Let us know. We're doing something a little different, a little experiment. We're trying out. I want to know if it works or not. Yeah, I I think it does. I think it does, too. My ESPN is kicking in. (laughs) Well, good. Let's watch some football. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, thank you again for your time. And for bringing us to your ears and letting us hang out at your campsite or you're hanging out with ours, happy happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. But don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.